hello everyone. I am Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the Gov Geeks. Welcome to this week's episode of Gov Geeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. Every Thursday, Karen and I join you all live to discuss career development in the federal government and also talk about career strategies and such. So lots of good things, right? So this week, our topic is uh, something a little bit about burnout. Uh, what do you think about burnout? It's not a good thing. Yeah, it could be a, a terrible thing, in fact. So uh, we look forward to joining you with this great topic. And let's go ahead and roll those intros. All right. So we're discussing burnout this week, Karen. Um, you know, it's funny because a lot of times when I have a chance to talk to people, uh, either in a professional setting or clients of ours, um, when they are looking to leave their current position, I typically ask them, you know, how much annual leave do you have or have you taken a vacation? And a lot of times I hear that they haven't taken a vacation in, I don't remember when. <laughs> I remember when the last time I took time off was yeah. right? that type of response. Exactly. And it's funny because there's this pattern that, you know, if they would take a little bit more self-care, uh, they, they may not be as burned out, uh, which is, is really devastating if you consider some of the positions that people have in government. I mean, we're talking about some serious positions of influence to really make the world a better place. And if they're not performing at their best because of burnout, well, that could lead to some pretty rotten decisions, I think. Exactly. It definitely impacts your ability to make good decisions. Yeah. So before we talk a little bit about some strategies to address burnout, uh, Karen, could you give us a little bit of an idea about really what burnout is or how we can recognize it? Well, I think recently, I want to say within the last year or so, it has actually become a medical term, really? burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where it, it can actually be diagnosed. Uh, so it's definitely getting more traction, unfortunately, as something that professionals all across the board are dealing with. I think it's a lot of you don't have that clear cut line between home life and work life. And we're trying to do lots of things at the same time. And essentially, you burn out. So think of it as what was that saying? Burning the candle at both ends. Right. So until there's no more candle to be lit. So that's essentially what you're doing to yourself. So I think some of the symptoms are agitation, uh, fatigue. Mm -hmm. So many things like that that just wear you down. And, Sleeplessness. Right. Lack yeah. of focus. Right. Yeah. Right. And general anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's funny because any one of those on their own could be just kind of dismissed. But once you begin to see patterns of all of those, those just might be, you know, something that's kind of a, a challenge that uh, presents itself. Hi, Jill. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, and I think what, what's important to to note also is many times you'll have people, especially in the government, right? They'll have the user lose. User lose. So you mm -hmm. they haven't used it for a good portion of the year or not all of it. So then all of a sudden you have people at end of the year that are gone for two weeks, three weeks at a time, mm -hmm. which that's great. However, it's good to sprinkle those out, in my opinion, sprinkle those out throughout the year. Make sure you're taking that time because also the side note with that is if you're taking off weeks at a time, odds are somebody's covering for you. Right. 
And so sometimes you have that one person that is in there that's still keeping everything going and they're uh, getting burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. You're overwhelming another person by just throwing on all of that responsibility onto them right at that point. Right. Which how many times have we been, um, you know, coming towards the end of the year yep. and you can tell people are trying to get their to-do lists done. <laughs> They're get just things sending off. this email, email, right. email. Yeah. emails, getting all, yeah, let's get this done. Man, let's start the this productivity project. at the end of the year is just shocking. Like, yeah. why can't we have this throughout the entire year rather than right at the end when you're trying to get stuff off your desk and then here I am. Oh, now I have all this stuff to do. So. Yeah. And, and it's just, it, it kind of causes a bit of a log jam, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. And uh, I was watching that movie City Slickers not too long ago. Um, and one of the neat things, there's one of the characters named Curly. He says that when people come up there to try to work out their issues, they need a, a break. They need to get away. He said basically people spend 51 weeks getting all curled up in knots and they expect that one week of vacation to just make it all disappear and all get better. Right. And I really like that idea about spreading out that leave. So when you're taking your vacation time, you could actually unwind appropriately throughout the year rather than just like bottling it all up into one thing and then boom. Right. You bottle it up and then you take this long vacation. And right before that, you're focusing on getting everything done. So you're stressing yourself out even more. Right. And then when you come back, you're realizing, oh, I got two weeks of emails to go through, work to go through. And then it just starts rolling on again. So rolling and rolling. you have to manage it more consistently rather than lumping it all together. So managing it consistently, and that's exactly what we're here to talk about today. So we have a couple of strategies that we wanted to share with you. Um, the first one really is uh, use your vacation time. You know, it's kind of funny because <laughs> it's very direct and it's very obvious. Because most of us don't. Right. So there are some great ways to use your time appropriately. Now, again, like how we were saying, it's not good to just bottle it up towards the very end of the year. And hey, maybe you should sprinkle it out throughout the year. But some ways that you can do that are sprinkle it around times that are really uh, important to you or things that you really care about. So uh, one of the things that we used to do is we take a day off uh, about once a month or at least or so. And we would go watch a play or a musical or just spend the day together. Um, and yeah, it was really that relaxing. Was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, given now and you know the pandemic and everything, we haven't had a chance to do that in a while. Um, but still, you know that that was definitely a good thing. Uh, or if you happen to know about certain things that are coming up along the way, uh, movie releases. <laughs> Back in the day when they used to play uh, movies right at midnight for opening night rather than the, the night before, um, we would routinely take off that Friday, so we would go to the midnight showing and have a chance to relax throughout the day sleep in uh, and those just kind of patterns allowed us to really connect with things that brought us joy and also for us to connect together both individually as well as with our family uh, and I, I recall those being some of the most happiest times that we've had in, in recent memories right and then they started just playing the movies earlier and earlier so it was seven o'clock so we didn't have to which I thought was great I was like oh I don't have to take time off to recover from a <laughs> midnight showing because the older you get Midnight is a long way away. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But one of the things I so loved, and this is not related to taking a break, but the midnight show, people would show up and they'd be all dressed up and they'd be all excited for it and everything. And you could tell like the fans that were like really big fans of the movie at that time. That was always fun to experience. 
Right. And I still remember, I think I was pregnant with our first daughter mm-hmm. and you took me to oh, yeah. Star Wars midnight showing. That was and I was sick, seven months pregnant, I think. It was miserable for me. I was so tired. But look at this but... wonderful memory that we have now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, that, it was, that was a great episode memory. one of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So great memory. <laughs> right. Or we would take, um, I think, again, except for this year. We always plan to take off time for Comic-Con. Awesome Con. Yeah, um, here in D.C., mm-hmm. Awesome Con, absolutely. We still have it on our bucket list to go to the San Diego Comic-Con, which would be wonderful. But, I mean, this is the bigger thing. I mean, notice for a second, as you're listening to Karen's voice or as you're hearing her describe it, she has a smile on her face when she remembers these activities that we would do. And, and that's the thing to really find what is good for you, what really brings you joy, and then plan activities around that and and use your vacation time to do that. Now, of course, it's important to use sick leave when you're sick, but, you know, annual leave prevents a lot of the issues with sick leave. Mm -hmm. So just take the time, enjoy what you're doing, and have some fun. Enjoy yourself. Right, and that's that's the key, too, because I know we're going to talk about refreshing to be your best but a lot of times it's the sick leave too that we don't take. Right. And with the current situation, the guidance is if you're sick, stay home, which really was always the guidance. But you and I know many people, including ourselves, would just push ourselves, even if we weren't feeling all that great. Right. Like, oh no, we got this to do. I got this meeting. I have to get this done. I got to go into work. Like, I serve the public. I, there's no rest, right? Exactly. So, but then you just get into the position and it happened to me, right? Where I pushed myself, I pushed myself to the point of, I got really sick and what yeah. ended up being out for what, three months A or really so? long time. Exactly. Yeah. So that, you know, if I had just listened to you and my body and taken time off, then maybe I wouldn't have been in that position where okay, I could have been out maybe for a day or so here and there mm-hmm. instead of being out for three months. Well, I mean, I think that's that's the most important thing uh, is listening to your body and preventing something that, that's a bigger issue. So that's actually our, our second point, really. Refresh to be your best. Um, and refreshing means that you're able to rest, recuperate, and then allow yourself to still execute at that higher level. And, you know, when you're thinking about a car and the check engine light comes on and, you know, maybe I should take it in for service. Maybe the brakes need to be checked. Maybe it's an engine issue. We all go right away. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I try to. (laughs) First (laughs) thing. I love my car so much. (laughs) Well, yeah, but don't you want to treat your body like that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what are the indicators? And and those are the stress indicators that Karen was talking about at the beginning. Uh, I mean, are you fatigued? Do you have a lot of anxiety? Is there sleeplessness? You can just list all of them out. And I think when we're doing coaching sessions, we're talking to clients and asking them these questions, they begin to kind of like connect the dots and they realize, yeah, I, I, I totally am. This is me at the at the breaking point. And so if you address that up front, then yeah, you you can perform better at work. You can enjoy the work that you're doing even more because you're taking it from a fresh perspective. And then also you can prevent some bigger issues from happening, both for your own health, as well as for your performance in the job. Right. And your relationships with your coworker and your family, because it could cause you to, you know, snap here and there, right? Anger issues and, and you don't want that. So I think part of that is reflection. Mm -hmm. I know you said that we do that with our clients where they have to think back 
and take stock of how they're reacting to things, why they're reacting that way. And you can always do that on your own with reflection. Right. And many times we can catch it, right? Being aware of how we're reacting. And I know it's happened to me where I do something and I realize why, why did I react like that? It was, you know, not a, a normal reaction for me. And I have to think through it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a while and I'm like, you know what? I think I just need to take a, but what do they call it? A mental health day to reset myself, reset myself to be my best. Right. No, that, that's, that's definitely important. The person that you are at work when you get home, it's not like you flip a switch and everything that you've experienced throughout that day is totally gone. And same thing if there are stressors at work or at home and you bring that into work. I mean, you can't just like leave it behind you. So managing your your aspects of your life and managing your stressors is just really a helpful method to ensure that you are taking the best care of yourself and as public servants that we're taking the best care of the nation because that's what we're entrusted to do. Right. This is a picture of a, an adorable little doggy that is on top of an acute little like floating um, pad on, a, on, on the pool. <laughs> what is that thing called? It's a floating something or other floating mat, a floaty. Our yeah. producer is telling us it's a floaty. It's a floaty and the little dog. He has the cute little sunglasses. Those actually look like your sunglasses too. You have some that are like that. Yeah. I think we have a, a floaty like that as well that we've used before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is just, it's nice to take a little moment and, uh, you know, relax for a little bit. Yeah. Um, another thing to do as you are taking the moment to refresh is think through what accomplishments that you've had. Think of reasons that you should be grateful for certain things. Uh, what are some things that you can appreciate about your life, about where you are in your career, uh, the accomplishments that you've had so far? I think it's a lot easier for us to focus on what the next thing is. I have to do this task, this deliverable, this project, this assignment, and then I can feel better once that's done. Mm -hmm. But as we know, there's always something else. There's yeah. always something else that comes up. It's like Elf, right? The movie Elf with Elf, very timely right now with uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christmas coming up. But Elf, how they finish with, you know, the getting the toys out. And they're like, all right, let's celebrate. And then, boom, all right, let's get ready for next year. I think I joked my... He turns the crank, and it just starts off on day one again. And all of the elves are like, yeah. That's yeah. I, I have that reference a lot with my team, just because that's what it feels like. Right. But we have to recognize what we've accomplished so far, and then move on to the next thing, because there's the always something. And as we go through, like school, college, graduate school, it, it's a lot easier to think, well, I have these assignments to do, and then the term is done, the classes are done, and you can move on because the environment ends, mm -hmm. the class is finished. But in our workplace, we can be in the same job for years. We can be in the same career field for years. And so what ends up happening is it's kind of like a, a treadmill. We just start and we don't we don't stop. Hamster wheel. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, a lot of times, um, what's interesting about that concept is in a hamster wheel, the wheel spins based upon the activity level of the individual hamster. It's going nowhere. 
and it's not going anywhere. And there they think, I'm going to, I'm going to do more, I'm going to do more, and they go faster. But what they're doing is they're making their environment more toxic for themselves by continuing to spin it. And others. And, and others as well. So if you are grateful for what you have, you're focused on what work that you need to do, and you're able to take a rest when you need it, then you can control the tempo of your wheel. And maybe that can be something that's great for a nice postcard or something. Can control the tempo of your wheel. Yeah, yeah. Copyright. <laughs> exactly. Copyright got these. <laughs> 2020. That's perfect. Right. But I think I also learned a little breathing exercise recently. And it's meant for children, but I think it's very applicable for anybody. It was the, the take five, right, where you take five breaths and you use your hand to go up one finger and down and you breathe in and breathe out, breathe in and breathe out. And as you're going through that exercise, you can also think through something that you're grateful for or five things you're grateful for as you take your breaths right. to help you reset. And it, it takes, you know, minutes. And I think that's what some of us forget is we think we need a two week vacation to reset ourselves when really it's a matter of literally rebooting yourself, right? What happens when your computer's not working? Mm -hmm. Like in the IT crowd, yep. right? When your computer- turn it off, turn it on again? <laughs> exactly. You call IT and that's what they say. Turn it off and turn it on again. And sure enough, it usually works. But a lot of times we don't do that for ourselves. So when we're not working, when we're getting jammed, we also need to be rebooted. A bit. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying, like, it doesn't need to be like a big vacation or something that could possibly cause even more stress. Because I was going to say, that stresses me out even more, <laughs> having to do a, a large trip, plan for it, and pack for it. And... I, I mean, really, it, it, again, it's finding what refreshes you. So if it's working in the garden, if it's taking a day or so to really kind of uh, read up on a novel, uh, allow yourself to experience different things. Uh, if you're going to volunteer for different projects, activities, locations. I mean, there's a number of things that you can do to re-engage your creativity in your mind mm -hmm. and allow yourself to really kind of feel good about what you're doing. Uh, something simple. It doesn't have to be too huge or, or, or crazy. Um, you could take a day and, like you said, a mental health day. Mm -hmm. um, and have a nice breakfast, <laughs> something like that. So we're not saying that, you know, you have to, you know, plan a vacation and you have to go places and do more stuff, but just really reconnect with yourself and your idea about what brings you peace and joy. Right. And of course, with the caveat that make sure your work is getting done. We're not, don't want you to have a, you know, office space moment where you're just not doing anything and you're in your own little, you know, world. But you want that balance where you're getting your work done, but you're also making sure you're taking that time for yourself to reset, come back, and do even greater things with your work. Absolutely. The, the nation is literally counting on us to, to do this, to make sure that we're at the performance level that we should have. Um, and so that, that brings us to our third uh, example here as well. Just this idea about really getting perspective away from work. Um, if we go into work, home, do whatever home things, back to work over and over again, we begin to lose the perspective of the value of the work. Uh, and it's funny because, again, in coaching sessions, talking with people, they have a tendency to kind of go back to what they've done day in, day out for however long of a time. 
um, not really appreciating the impact that they're having. So I'll, I'll ask them, you know, tell me about your job, your work. What have you done? And they list out some things like a like a chore list. And then really, when we replay that back to say, well, so you're responsible for this and you've had a chance to do that and you've had. And then they kind of take a step back and think, yeah, I have done all of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty amazing when you, again, take that perspective. Right. But I think it's also getting the perspective away from work, which keyword away Away. Mm -hmm. that lately has been difficult because many of us work is home. Home is work. Lines are blurred. You're working at, you know, midnight. You're working at six in the morning. Right. So there's, it's hard to have that cutoff. So I think it's good to have those boundaries when you are teleworking or in a telework environment, just to make sure that, um, you know, you you keep that consistency, the work-life balance. I know in the beginning, you know, I had my designated area. You have the study here where you work. And you try not to mix it up too much, right? So this is your work, you leave, and the work stays here, right? So. As much as I can, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I shut off the phone. <laughs> I set it down. Uh, I know what time I'm supposed to be in uh, in the morning the next day. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll check in just to ensure if there's nothing that happened, uh, you know, overnight or any other issues, just to kind of at least keep tabs on, on what's going on. Um, and, and there's some jobs that, you know, they require a little bit more engagement all of the time. But what I would encourage everyone is to kind of think through, well, how can I really take a realistic step away that would allow myself to recharge? And yet still, like you said, make sure that the work gets done because we're not saying, oh yeah, you're right. I, I need to take that two week vacation to go to the government Europe said I need to take three weeks off. I, know. I learned this in a training <laughs> recently, so it must be true. Yeah, no, exactly. But getting that perspective of what's away from work, because that also helps you to generate an appreciation for what your work is. Uh, certainly there was something that drew you to that work in the first place. Maybe that's something that during the day in, day out, you may have lost touch with. Or also this appreciation that perhaps what you're doing at home and your your work or your um in your, your home and everything, all of that can be funded because of your job that you have. Mm-hmm. And there's a greater yeah. appreciation for that as well. Um, you know, what, when I have the chance to, to chat with some folks about uh, challenging situations in their workplace and in other workplaces, or they experience other ones, they have a tendency to say, well, you know, m- maybe I don't have it as bad as I thought. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you don't that know perspective. exactly because you need to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen, you, you have such a great way of being able to manage what is happening at work and then also being engaged and involved at home. How do you find it best to manage your perspective away from work? Hmm. I mean, I'm glad you think that. <laughs> I mean, it is very, very difficult. Um, I, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I think lately, especially after having, you know, the situation we had a few years back where I just pushed and pushed and pushed. Mm-hmm. A lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just recognizing um, and being aware, which has helped, you know, whether it's with meditation or breathing exercises, just to make sure that re- to recenter myself take a pause and again, be more aware. 
Because if I am reacting in a certain way and I realize that something is off, then that can help me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that has been beneficial. And just, I think it's through experience and different trainings that I've been been lucky to be a part of. Um, One of them was the lacuna that really, really helped. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And recently I took the um, safe talk training, which was really helpful, where it not only helps you to recognize your own reactions, but recognize it in others, too, which that's a key thing, especially as a manager to recognize when your team is having some difficulty or someone on your team, especially with everything going on, just checking in with them. So not only checking in with yourself, but checking in with your team, making sure they're taking their vacation, making sure they're taking time off uh, to be able to reset themselves. Mm -hmm. All all important things. And and it's like that monitoring and the feedback. So if something triggers you and if you can catch yourself feeling upset or a, a degree of frustration about something, or even if you feel tension in your body. Like if your your tongue, again, is touching the roof of your mouth that and, and kind of pressing against it, if you monitor your triggers, then you can ask yourself, well, why is it that this is affecting me this way? Mm-hmm. What is the reason why this is causing me some sort of frustration? And then get to the heart of what that is as opposed to just reacting and making things worse. Right. And obviously, it's, it's, it's a challenge, this larger concept of self-mastery. But I think your happiness is worth it. Right. And, and others, because the more miserable you are, the more miserable you make others. Exactly. Misery loves company. Yeah. So basically, you're just managing that hamster wheel. Exactly. <laughs> so we have a couple of minutes left here to uh, go to our Q&A, our questions from the Gov Geekdom. Uh, I really like this this portion of uh, our show. Okay, Karen. So we have two questions. Um, the first one really is just about um, I can't help but compare where I am in my career with where everyone else is in their career. Is that a bad thing? I'm going to say no for me only because sometimes a little healthy competition is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Now, should you compare yourself directly to that other person? Like I'll take you and me, for example, you're different from me. So your career path is different. Your skill set is different. While I can compare myself to you, I also have to realize that I'm not you. Right. So I would say it's not a straight answer, of course, for me, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because many times we can help each other. I know we often compete, and I think that helps us strive to be better and better. So Compete? <laughs> She's so competitive. That's fantastic. Um, I, I like the word collaborative, but... <laughs> Uh, tomato, 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 tomato. I can say that if we're playing a board game or a video game, uh, she is happy when she beats me. Yeah, very happy, in fact. <laughs> Which is often. <laughs> Which is often. I don't keep count. So the, the thing I would say to that question, if you're comparing yourself to others, absolutely, as a metric to think about where you are, what you can do, what are some changes, you know, because you don't want to be kind of like left behind 
thinking that you're doing well and not realizing that there are some changes that you can make in order to move forward. If that is what brings you happiness, if your joy is all about what that work is and you're happy doing it, then that's great. Uh, I mean, there are some people that have worked in different positions in their lives. And when they get to the supervisory position, because that's the inevitable next step, they just really dislike it. So it's important to kind of be happy with where they are. As long as you're happy, that's perfectly fine. So our second question. Uh, my job title is really general. Will this hurt my chances? Uh, and you know, sometimes if you are very specific about like contract specialist or financial, you know, something um, that very concretely describes the work and the activities. Um, but if you have more of a, a general title, uh, I can understand the concern that that might mean that, you know, really, do they have the experience to do this type of work for this job or this position? I don't know. Karen, you've reviewed a lot of resumes. What do you think about when you see a very uh, general job title? Um it doesn't really matter to me, especially in the, my experience, you know, in the government, we have how many of these management and program analysts, which is as general as you can possibly be. Exactly. So at this point, the title doesn't really matter to me. I'm looking for the meat of the resume. Right. Which is why having a good resume is so important. Right. So if you do have a chore list for your resume, then yeah, that that will be the deal breaker. But if it's you know a general title, but you really break out clearly what you've done and the impact you've made, then mm -hmm. that's gonna make the difference, not your title. So speaking of that, that's a wonderful segue. Uh, please come to thegovgeeks.com to sign up for our email community. Uh, there is a great free course that we provide with some templates to do resume development, resume writing, career strategy. We also have a fantastic thing uh, that we call the GovGeek Challenge. Uh, we host it every so often, but it is a great 14-day challenge to help you design your career, get your career strategy going, and have your interview prep good to go. So this way you can really execute uh, career growth, which is a fantastic thing. Okay. So Karen, we've talked a, a little bit today just about in general, uh, overcoming some stressors. What is your closing thought? Take a break. Yeah. That's I love it. that. Just make sure you, you take a break. Uh, something like Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Let's go upstate. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we do this again live every Thursday and it's released on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcast channel on Mondays. If you're talking to a smart device, you can just say play the Gov Geeks and you'll get our latest uh, podcast that way as well. So you can listen in the kitchen, in your car or wherever you happen to be. Thank you so much for your service. We'll see you next time. <laughs>